Hey guys, Brendan here. Welcome to another episode of Grind Forever SideQuest. This week, I'm talking to Dan Kaplan. Dan is a writer at the esteemed metal blog Nine Circles and is the host for a really awesome show. It's been on hiatus for a little while, but it's called First, Last, Always, where Dan talks to musicians, artists, and other writers about their favorite live music experiences. It's a really good show. I highly encourage you to check that out and to check out Nine Circles as well. So I mentioned before Dan is a writer, but Dan is also a nurse. Dan works in a hospital. He went through the arduous task of completing nursing school, which is uh, it's quite a remarkable feat. We talk about how his recent playthrough of Final Fantasy VII on the Nintendo Switch fits into his lifestyle with a full-time medical career. Now, I know Dylan already covered Final Fantasy VII with Jessica Howard of Kiss Kiss Game Game back in Grand Forever 19, but if you listen to the first episode of Grind Forever Side Quest, uh, I'm doing things a little bit differently, uh, covering slightly different topics, slightly different ideas about the games and the experiences kind of around the games and the social interactions and that sort of thing. So that's what Dan and I kind of touched on today. Nurses have an incredibly stressful job. The time commitment is huge. So getting the time to play a game like Final Fantasy VII would seem impossible. But uh, as Dan and I talk about it, he finds ways to make it work. Before we get to the interview, just want to say, of course, Grind Forever, Level Select, and Grind Forever Side Quests are all supported by the PNB Patreon. So please, if you like what we do, you want to hear us do more of it, head over to patreon.com slash PNB. Kick us a little cash. Keep the lights on. Keep us going. And you'll get a full access to the entire interview with me and Dan and all the full Grind Forever episodes in the future and from the past, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah, so, okay, enough of the intro, enough of me. Let's get on to Final Fantasy VII, Then versus Now, with Dan Kaplan. All right, Dan Kaplan, welcome to Grind Forever Side Quest. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Super stoked to, to talk to you today. So um, for the listeners who don't know you, maybe uh, give us a little intro. Who even am Dan Kaplan? Who even am Dan Kaplan? Oh, man. Um, I am uh, nobody all that important, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, by day, I'm a, I'm a nurse here in uh, the uh, central Pennsylvania area. And um, by night, I uh, sometimes write about metal, sometimes write about synthwaves, sometimes make fun of album art for a uh, metal blog called Nine Circles. That's my main squeeze at the moment. Nice. How long have you been at uh, Nine Circles now? Uh, we actually, we just recently had our fifth birthday back in, oh, wow. uh, as the end of April, um, gone through, you know, gone through some, some peaks and valleys, but, uh, you know, generally speaking, we have a great team We're we're going strong and I'm, uh, thrilled to still be a part of it. Yeah. I, I, I still check you guys out all the time. I did. I think, uh, I'll probably mention it in the intro, but I did. Some reviews for you guys back in the day. So I think, and that's probably, we met before that though. I think we are technically Twitter friends, huh? Yes. Yeah. Back when I still did the tweets, back when I still did social media in general, I, I don't, don't really do that much anymore. 
Well, you're a stronger person than me, so. <laughs> well, I apologize. I'm not going to be able to really promote this podcast much on my end. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. But, uh, we, we'll, will, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I, will tell, I will tell my friends with uh, grandpa communication, face-to-face interaction and things like that. I'll tell them to check it out and, and listen. So. Um, but we missed nice. about nine circles, man. I remember, I remember, you know, back in the day we had, we had several reviews from, uh, from you and, uh, you know, just miss having you on the team, but uh, I'm glad we're able to reconnect and, and chat here. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I think the last time we talked was on your old show first, last, always. Yes. That was another thing that I no longer do aside from social media. Uh, I used to do a <laughs> podcast about concert stories and Brendan, um, just graced us with his presence, graced us with his freaking killer concert stories and, and meeting his significant other stories. And it was just, it was fantastic. It was a good time. It was a very good time. But, uh, so, um, when I reached out to you and you were like, Hey man, I just beat final fantasy seven. Let's talk about final fantasy seven. You said you played it on the switch. Yes. Now, there are a lot of games out in the world and there's a lot of games on the switch. And I'm curious why specifically, you know, you went back to final fantasy seven. Cause I mean, uh, you know, no shade on final fantasy seven, but I don't think that would be the first final fantasy I'd personally go back to, but I want to hear why, why it was yours. Well, so I have a, I have a kind of history with final fantasy, the, the, just the final fantasy series in general. I was grew up in a PlayStation household and I naturally gravitate toward RPGs. I like the escapism of them, the fantasy aspects. Naturally came across all the Final Fantasy games and I had them. I had seven, eight, nine, uh, anthology. I had the Origins collection, which was one and two uh, repackaged on PlayStation one back in the day. And um, I, I just, I always enjoyed the games, but I never got very far because I never took the time to grind. Um, and I never took the time to really level up and really fully explore. I was, you know, looking for just the straight linear point A to point B and never got there. When Nintendo announced that they had become like the, the Final Fantasy machine, um, all the reissues, all the, the remasters uh, would, you know, were going to be coming out on the Switch from the PlayStation 1 days to 10 and 10 2 and 12 and stuff like that i i felt like okay i'm more patient now i'm more i i I, i'm more process oriented now i guess and uh what better way to um you know just reintroduce myself and re-attempt you know playing these games the right way these games that i had always loved but never really played the right way than to jump back in with seven first and foremost on the switch so when you say you didn't play it the right way, was that just because you were used to maybe slightly more linear style of game or was it because you just wanted to see what happened next? Well, I, I had this problem for a long time where like I, I I bought more games than I was reasonably than I could reasonably be expected to like finish. And I, I had a little bit of ADD, I think. Um <laughs> So I, you know, if I got to a point where, you know, in, in a particular game where it got too difficult, I would be like, oh, well, here's like six others in my pile. Let's throw this one aside and play this other one. And it was just this like this vicious cycle of like trying new games 
getting frustrated with the difficulty, never really finishing, liking them while I had them, you know, in rotation, but never really getting far because I couldn't commit to, to the grind and couldn't commit to the, the, the process of it. I mean, that makes sense. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong to play games, especially like RPGs that way. I'm curious. So was, when was the last time you played Final Fantasy VII before this most recent playthrough? You know, I'm not, not really sure. I, I still have my PlayStation 1. It's not currently hooked up, but I still have it. I still have my copy of Seven. And I knew I wanted to to answer your question before I continue to ramble. My guess was at least four or five years ago. Um, Maybe got about midway through disc one and then either was at the point where I didn't want to grind or was distracted by other stuff and, you know, put it down for longer than, you know, longer than I could, you know, reasonably expected to be able to pick it back up and remember what was going on, kind of lost it. That's another thing. That's another problem I have is like, I'll put a game down. I, like, I won't be able to play it for like a week, a week and a half or something, just life getting in the way. And then I'll forget where I'm at and forget what's going on. And then like, oh shit, time to start over, you know? <laughs> well, that's, that's an especially, you know, difficult thing with old RPGs like that, because they don't really, uh, they don't give you any sort of like bookmarks. So if you leave and you come back, you can remember exactly where you were. Right. A lot of times they just leave you hanging. You might've been in the middle of some side quest and you're like, I don't even know where I am or what I'm supposed to do. So I, I get that. Um, but so you said you played about, you said four or five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But do you remember pretty well your first time through it? I mean, you, you gave up, you know, partway through, but was there, do you have any memories specifically of, maybe the first time you played the game or those, those, that opening, you know, train bombing sequence and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it was, it would have been middle school. I think, um, my, I had a, I had a buddy named Sterling who was also into RPGs and I, um, I kind of got into them late. I was, I I was, you know, probably seventh grade when I first kind of started getting into RPGs and final fantasies and everything like that. And, um, I, my first was actually Final Fantasy VIII, and I was a real I was really into VIII, which is kind of a divisive game still to this day. I I still love it, but it's okay. That was my first one too, and I I actually I really like it pretty well too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different. It's very, yes. um, but I enjoy it. Um, and it's so you know like I'm telling I'm talking to my my buddy Sterling about this, and you know how how much I love VIII, and he's like, dude, you have to try seven. Have you ever played seven? I'm like, no. So run out to GameStop, find a used copy that's not prohibitively expensive and take it home. And um, I just, I, I fell in love. I like the, the, the um, materia system and just the overall story I thought was incredible. The, the graphics, not as much, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, how was that going from, you know, eight has more of a, I guess, realistic proportions, better overall background uh, art and stuff. Going back to seven, which is, it's like a weird hybrid between like chibi art, but also it's this weird, uh, for some reason they have giant forearms and all that stuff. Was that a weird transition? I think think the technical term for it is rough. (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) No, it, it, it definitely was. And, you know, obviously in the, 
the the battle screens, the battle sequences um, look considerably better. Um, characters are more proportional and fully fleshed out and everything, but you know the overworld and just just going around through the the maps and the dungeons are just it's it's difficult. Um, I don't want to pretend that eight was you know great, especially like looking back on it now. It's like it's like oh, there's that popular internet meme that um, Renoa. Uh, chatting with Squall and saying, you're the best, best looking guy. <laughs> it's like a pixelated mess of a face. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it definitely, definitely took some getting used to coming from that, from that style. So, okay. Yeah. It, it was for me too. And that's, that's why I asked. Cause, um, you know, my, I guess my version of, of the Sterling story would be my friend Adam. And I was in like, gosh, uh, probably like fourth or fifth grade. Uh, when I was playing Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. Uh, yeah, m- maybe a little bit older than that, but I was around that age. Um, and he, uh, and he, it was the same thing. He was, we were playing Final Fantasy VIII at the time, and I actually had the PC version. I was the weird kid who didn't have a, a, a PlayStation. I had an N64 and then a computer that could play games. Okay. Um, and I went from eight, and then I went to seven, but I was the one who was saying like, hey, seven seems pretty cool. But all my friends were like, nah, dude, it's not as good. And the whole reason they said it was not as good was because they were being, uh, you know, kind of gatekeeper about the graphics not being as good. But um, <laughs> OK, but, you know, when we exactly. But when you, you know, looking back at it now and, and playing it, you know, all these years later, like how has your experience of it changed? Well, I think um this actually ties into my, you know, my choice of the Switch as my my gaming platform. Um, I'm not really overly concerned with graphical prowess anymore. Um, yeah, I am. I'm looking for good games, and you know, is the Switch. You know, I've had the Switch since uh, about about a year and a half now, and you know, I look at some of the stuff coming out on PlayStation Four or xbox or whatever and you know yeah like those systems run circles around the switch but they're also not necessarily the types of games i'm looking to play they're not you know just just necessarily games that i would be interested in. i want a game that really captures me and do i give a shit what it looks like um you know to an extent but not as not it, it's not a top priority i would point to celeste i would point to like Hollow Knight. I would point to you know, all these games that I, you know, I played on Switch that are, you know, I, I'm not necessarily Switch exclusives, but like the game is what it's about. And Final Fantasy VII is, you know, a, an extension of that. It's as a Switch owner, I'm reconciling. Yeah, graphics aren't going to be as good as a Final Fantasy VII fan. I'm reconciling. Yeah, graphics aren't going to be as good, but if the game takes me, like, I'm, I'm here for it. That that's all I need. Yeah, I, I fully agree. That's actually. The year that the Switch came out, I was writing for Digital Trends at the time, and me and some other writers were arguing pretty hard for the Switch to be our kind of like pick for the year, and it ended up winning, which we, none of us expected that. But if we, I was arguing on exactly the grounds that that you were just explaining that you know it doesn't really matter that maybe it's not the most powerful system. Uh, it has, I, in my opinion, it has the library, the best library, at least for my tastes. And it certainly has a certain, there's a flexibility to the fact that it's both portable and a home system that you just can't get from a PlayStation 4. And I have a friend who he just swears he will never, 
he will never sit in front of a TV to play a game again now that he has a Switch. We'll see if that actually pans out. But, you know, I, I think there is... I it, it absolutely is. We'll check in with him in a, in three to five years. But um, I think there is something to that, to what he's saying, though. At the core of what he's saying, I think there's something to that. And I was kind of curious, uh, quick tangent here, to talk about the Switch a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, you're a nurse and you have... You have yes. an extremely stressful, high responsibility job. You have a lot of time you have to put into it. You did a lot of schooling to get to where you are. Um, how does gaming fit into that? Well, you know, I, I, I am a nurse and it is high stress. Um, but at the same time, nursing schedules allow for flexibility, allow for a lot of free time because you know, I'll be on for I'll be on the floor for 12 hours at a clip. You know, I, I, I don't do a strict nine to five. I work 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. And, you know, three shifts a week, I've met my quota. I'm, not, I'm, I'm hired at 36 hours a week. I have three days I have to work and then I have four that I don't. Getting the switch, the timing was such that it, it happened during nursing school because they announced Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu and I needed those. It was just not negotiable. Um, So, you know, doing having the switch while I was in nursing school, there were some tests that maybe I could have done a little better on. I'll give you that. But it also, you know, it it kind of was a nice escape from all that stress from this, you know, this incredibly difficult coursework from, you know, even today from, you know, there are some nights when I'm running around like a crazy person, my official quoted time is for 12 hours, but I end up having to stay two hours later just to chart everything and get all my notes in and document everything that I did for all my patients. And having, you know, having this system here and these games here that I can really fully dive into and appreciate, uh, it's just, it's incredibly helpful. Um, it's, it's a nice escape. It's a nice stress reliever. It's just, it's really been a good, a good purchase, which, which I never, never, thought I would get nearly as much use out of it as I have, but I really have. I mean, it's, I've said it before elsewhere, but the switch allows me to play games as if I didn't have the responsibilities of of an adult life without necessarily impeding them. Because, you know, let's say my girlfriend's watching a show or a movie on TV that I'm only half interested in. I can pick up the switch, play it there. Uh, If I have a few minutes of downtime, you just play a little bit, put it away. It doesn't demand time sync ritual that I think gaming has largely had the like, people assume that that's what gaming is. You know, you're spending all day in front of a computer or in front of a TV, not doing anything. And I just feel like, at least for me, the switch is is conducive to uh, a more adult uh, lifestyle. I guess you could say. It's, do you do you play on, during your shifts at all? I'm curious. No, 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 no. I okay, okay. I barely even take out my phone during my shifts truth be told i mean that i mean that's totally i totally figured that that was what yeah. the the case was but i just was curious because like, it's there is kind of a there, there's a, almost a charming image in my head of you quietly getting a few grindy battles in in between <laughs> uh your your shift or something yeah no i mean it, it it'd be nice but i mean it's just it's i mean it, it it's kind of frowned upon taking out we we have um, sort of iPhones that we use at the hospital to communicate with like doctors and stuff, but it's really frowned upon taking anything out of your pocket. That's not the hospital iPhone. So I see, I don't, I don't really mess around with it. I just kind of, you know, keep work and play separate, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice having those boundaries, I think. 
Yeah. I, as someone who play is often work and work is often play. I, I, I think sometimes I subconsciously am looking for that sort of a boundary of like, okay, no, I, I need to do something different. That isn't just this, but I haven't quite figured out if, what those boundaries should be. Cause I like what yeah. I do. So whatever, but. Uh, well, well, so I, I was, I was going to ask you, I mean, you, you're working as, as a writer and, and I mean, that, that is grindy work. I mean, we're talking about grindy sure. yeah. video games, but, but that is, I mean, that, that's a lot of work that you put into that. How do you find, I'm, I'm curious, like how you set the boundaries and, and, you know, what, what do you, do you, you know, regimen yourself or do you give yourself X number of X amount of time to play a day? How do you, how do you manage that? Well, it's interesting. I don't have any codified rules or, or scheduling because, you know, right now I'm a freelancer. So, you know, some days I'll be working maybe four hours or I'll be working 18 hours. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it totally changes. I do have the benefit of, you know, I write about games. I write about PC hardware. I write about just tech in general. So there's a lot of overlap between the things I'm spending my time doing and the things that, you know, put food on the table, Yeah, which is nice. But like I was saying, there's sometimes there's like boundary that maybe I'm I'm looking for. And it's funny because uh, lately I've been kind of obsessed with this notion that we're talking about, this kind of like finding time to play games, at, you know, amid the lifestyle of being, you know, not a kid anymore. Right. And um, something I'm constantly, I guess, struggling with is just like, okay, when do I give it up? Like, when do I give it up? And I, I haven't felt the need to, but there's always this like, I I guess I'm always expecting that something's going to happen where I have to give it up. And I'm not sure where that comes from. And part of doing a lot of this show is to uh, reconcile or or get over some of those ideas and see how other people outside of my own lifestyle, you know, play games and think about games and just experience them. Not having boundaries is good, uh, maybe from a content creation standpoint, but just from enjoying it, it gets kind of weird. I think think the answer to your um, ultimate question do you when do you give it up um I, I i think you give it up when it no longer feels like an essential right right you you know like i i'm not going to give something up or a hobby of mine whether it's this or whether it's anything else i do um because you know like oh society says you shouldn't be playing this many video games when you're you know x number of years old no fuck that sorry for cursing um oh, totally you're fine <laughs> um I just, I feel like, you know, I, th- I think FLA is um, an, the, the, the example for me, uh, my, my former concert podcast. I just have not had the motivation to do it. I'm not living in New York anymore. I'm not like going to concerts is not the same part of my life that it was when I lived out there. Do I still go to concerts? Absolutely. Do I, you know, live, eat, and breathe them and want to, you know, deal vicariously through other people's experiences at the level I did at that point? No, I don't. So that's why I haven't, I've been, you know, struggling to reboot it and I'm grappling with like, is this a thing I want to keep doing or, or no? You gotta, you gotta set, set those terms yourself. Yeah, no, I I understand that. And actually it, it is part of the, I guess, games to me don't feel like a thing that I have to like it's just a thing that exists. It's always kind of existed in my life. Like, you know, pe- people watch TV and mm-hmm. people do whatever. And it's the thing that sort of, um, I don't know, it just happens. And, um, 
and I do get caught up in the, okay, well, what am I like, you know, how old can I, I guess it's not necessarily an age thing so much as it's a, what is responsible and what is irresponsible and, and that sort of thing. And I think that, you know, the fact that I get to do it for a living, maybe, uh, sometimes feels like I've figured out a cheat code to the universe and I'm constantly waiting for someone to bust down the door and be like, Hey, no, we just realized that you've been gaming the system the whole time. You have to stop. Like it's time to get in line. And and I don't know why I feel that way. I honestly don't know why I feel that way. I think maybe it's just like some latent aspect of my psychology, but it's, it's a thing that, you know, I, I'm trying to be open about and, part of um, this and, and the work that I'm trying to do uh, in, in my daily, you know, my day work is looking at games and really just pop culture. And I don't just mean like video games. I mean like tabletop games and LARPing and card games, all that stuff, like gamification of things. Like what is that? Like what kind of experiences come out of that? And maybe thinking about games as something that isn't just a product, but is more of an experience and, uh, uh, a stepping stone for stories that go outside of like, you know, okay, what did, what did cloud do here? What did Sephiroth do here? Or, or and more, I felt this way when cloud did this, or I, my, my brother and I were shocked when, when this revelation happened or when Eris dies, you know? Well, um, and see, that is exactly what I was just thinking, you know, like I having, you know, gone through, um, how many different restarts of Final Fantasy VII and how, you know, go look through how many different strategy guides or whatever. Like I had, I had long since had the heiress death spoiled. Uh, right. It never actually gotten to that point in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I get here, this playthrough, I finally get to it. I get to, um, what the heck was it? The, the city of the ancients, or I, I forget the, the exact uh, name of the map. But, you know, right. I, I do, too. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew it was coming. I you know, you get to that FMV and I'm like, OK, this is it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And God damn it. It's still like I still felt it like it's yeah. got to me, um, which I think is, you know, it's a testament to, you know, like like you said, the kinds of experiences you can have and the different things you can take away from from this medium. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, beyond just, you know, that scene, what else, like even in the gameplay or, or, you know, the battle system, the materia system or the broader story and the, you know, this is a game about environmentalism and, you know, it's asking like metaphysical questions about consciousness and, and, and life. And, you know, was there a deeper understanding this time around of that stuff? Well, I, I, on the environmental side, not as much because I, I, you know, not to, not to toot my own horn. I I've, I've always been sort of environmentally conscious. I grew up in a very liberal house, um, may or may not have written a song that was about global warming with my high school band (laughs) that thank God is not able to see the light of day anymore. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think, um, just the inner workings of, all the characters and the the understanding of side quests really jumped out at me this time because, you know, again, when I was younger, going back to that, you know, that refrain from earlier, I just wanted to get from point A to point B. I wasn't as interested in going to point A and a half or 
be in right. thirds or something like that. You know, I just, I, I just like, okay, I have other games to play. I want to finish this right off. You know, like, let's just get this done. And going in this time with the completionist perspective and like soaking up as much as I can from this game really changed. It, it, I mean, it just, just changed the experience for me. I, I, anything from unlocking Vincent and hearing like his story with his, you know, with his, his wife, his girlfriend, I can't remember what it is, or getting to, you know, the, the complicated relationship with Sephiroth and his origins and Genova and Hojo and all this stuff this it's so loaded. And I, you know, what I've been able to process all that as a kid, no, cause I'm almost 30 and I still, I like I, this playthrough, I still thought it was like a little out there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, it just, the new perspective, I think, unquestionably enriched the experience, the overall experience for me. I still don't quite understand the Turks though. I'm like that. That's the one, the one thing about <laughs> like, what is like, why, why are, who are you? Why are you, you know, like, what, that's my question. I think, <laughs> I think if there was one thing, I think if there was one thing that I would say about the final fantasy seven story, I think it's got, they have some really interesting characters and really interesting character moments. But uh, as you were saying with the Turks, there's some really weird stuff and I don't know if it's lost in translation or what but uh yeah it's just some moments where you're like wait what yeah uh, well, like or, the one or lingering questions well like the one guy is literally just called rude and i think yeah. he's trying to live up to his name because he says like a word at a time and yeah you're being rude here like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. it's i mean especially at that time square wasn't necessarily known for its uh localization efforts so you right. know i, I right. probably <laughs> Probably something to do with that there. So I, you said that you went into this with a completionist mindset. Did you complete it? Did you do all the weapons and everything? Yes, yes. And I will say on the Switch edition, there was a very handy uh, feature added in uh, called three speed, which <laughs> you turn on three speed and everything moves three times as fast. So grinding got a lot easier and man, even with that feature, I still had to do a shit ton of grinding. I like <laughs> super overpowered my characters. I bred chocobos. I found Knights of the Round. I mastered Knights of the Round three times. Like it was, oh, wow. it was real bad. But you know, like I uh, was able to beat Ruby Weapon, able to beat Emerald Weapon. Um, did those both before Sephiroth, and then Sephiroth was like cake. Um, cause I was just too overpowered, but yeah, it, it was, I, I think, I think I probably poured around 70 hours into it just for, for the completionism. <laughs> so, I mean, Hey, I, it, it's a good game. Why not? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I, 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 if you decide to branch out to any of the other remakes and remasters, um, I know final fantasy eight's coming a little bit later this year with a whole enhanced, uh, well, not like. Not like the new Final Fantasy VII remake, but they have like you know better graphics on eight and yes, uh, they less, all have, less they shitty all have looking. <laughs> yes, they all have some form of of faster battle speeds, or they let you you know have limit breaks or whatever whatever the case is for each specific game. So if you do decide, I don't know, have you played any of the other Final Fantasy uh, releases on Switch? Uh, well, I'm actually right in the middle of, so I, I took a little break, played some Mario Odyssey after beating seven, and then I jumped right into 12. Oh, okay. Yes. Which yeah, just actually, came so out. 12 is actually, um, 12 is actually, I mean, another div- divisive one, but is that, that's actually my favorite of the Final Fantasies uh, altogether. Really? 
Yes, I'm. I'm one okay. of those weirdos. It's and it's because <laughs> I don't. Well, know I don't what think. I don't think you're a weirdo at all. I just. I that that's. I, I've never. I've never heard. You know. I've I've heard a wide range of opinions on it, but I've never heard that opinion. We're we're a very small and passionate group. I think it's because I loved Final Fantasy Tactics so much, and it's set in the same world as right. a similar job system. I mean, same. It's the same director, same designers, and poser, and everything. So there's a lot of carryover. But I I really just like the mindless grinding of that game. Um, I liked I like Final Fantasy Eleven, and I like Final Fantasy Fourteen, which are MMOs. Lots of grinding in those. So I mm-hmm. you know, twelve is my favorite. Uh, Tactics is probably my favorite PlayStation. Final Fantasy, which is probably another weird, like slightly uncommon opinion. Okay. Um, and then, uh, so 12 would definitely be my favorite of the double digit Final Fantasies. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I So yeah. 12 was the, the, the only one that I had. Well, I mean, aside from the MMOs, because I never, I never was an MMO fan. Um, not sure. Final Fantasy, but just in general, I never played EverQuest or any of those growing up. It just never appealed. But of the, you know, the, the single player Final Fantasy games. Twelve was the only one that I had never played. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. And I heard they were releasing it, and I was like, "Well, there's no time like the present." It's different because I think you know of the of the the single player ones. It was the first to do away with the turn based system. If if yeah, that's yes, it does. Am I remembering correctly? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I mean that, and that was like I kind of had to like prep myself for that going in. I'm like, okay not gonna be able to just like sit back and get comfortable with this is you got to learn a new system here and um so far it's been really really fun interesting well when you uh when you if you get a little bit further in let me know because that that game to me and to a lot of other people is basically it's just star wars so let me know when you start getting those star warsy vibes okay okay yeah no i i i'm very early days i think i'm I'm like seven or eight hours in right now uh gotcha okay with with some you know again some grinding but really enjoying it um i i don't have the dislike for vaughn that a lot of people do i mean like he's just seems like a like a high school kid like so what you know yeah vaughn <laughs> I, I i don't dislike vaughn i think he's kind of he's very plain but he's not no bad. no i mean he's just he's, it's like the worst the worst i can say for him is he, he's like meh but yeah so far so good and i have i have after this i'm gonna go back and do nine Eventually, I hope they re-release six because I really want to play six. I I, I run. I want to finish six, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, six is and it's one of the few that really didn't get remakes, and then and I feel like that's the one that everyone's like, yeah, that's the best one. That's the best one. But um, yeah, I, I've never beat. That no, one. and they they did it on iOS, and I got it on iOS, but the controls were, you know, like I had I beat actually beat Final Fantasy four on my iPad and the controls were actually like very workable. I'm not like huge on touchscreen gaming, but the, the controls for this port were actually like surprisingly manageable. Six, um, they really is not a fan of the port and the controls were terrible. I kind of got like a third of the way through and just gave up. Um, so I'm really hoping they bring that to the Switch too so I can actually use a controller and get somewhere with it. <laughs> but yeah, I there's a, I mean there's a whole host of RPGs and just Super Nintendo era of games that I hope eventually make it onto to the Switch. Yeah. We'll it sounds like I mean Nintendo's starting to rekindle their love with uh Square Enix, so like let's keep it going. Clearly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean the when you really sit down and you think about it from like a business perspective, it's totally wild that all of these games are making their way onto a Nintendo platform like for the longest time 
if you were a Nintendo junkie like myself growing up, you didn't really have much. You had you had to go about and buy a PlayStation in order to play the Final Fantasy games that you yeah. had. Not so much anymore, no. though. Let's get back to Final Fantasy VII as we near kind of the, the tail end of the sure. show. Overall, I mean, if you can remember back to how you felt about the game in middle school versus how you now feel about the game, has anything really changed? Other than, I guess, you know, your understanding of the story. But when, when you think about the game, is is there like a difference in how it occupies your inner landscape, I guess we could say? I think, um, I don't want to say this. I, I was... Much in middle school, I was much more uh, prone to kind of going along with conventional wisdom. And by that, I mean, you know, conventional wisdom told me like, oh, everyone says Final Fantasy VII is the best Final Fantasy. And they did at the time because graphically it was like, oh, my gosh, it was such a revelation. It was just a huge leap forward from the the Super Nintendo era. And I think that looking back on it now with, you know, kind of a more discerning personality, I think that probably fed a little bit too much into the hype behind it. It is a very game, Mm. but I respect more what I, you know, what I played of six, like the character of Kefka in six is just like insane. And like probably the greatest final fantasy villain um, I've come across final fantasy nine. I love what they did with the characters and taking it back to its roots and just, just the interplay between them. Final fantasy eight, the, the junction system and the battle system and everything. There are thing, individual components of the other games that I think in, you know, for me, at least in, in some cases have come to surpass uh, the, the hype that I got for, for seven, but seven is still from top to bottom. It's still a very good game. And Completing it makes me appreciate that all all that much more. Um, the depth it has, the investment that you develop in the storyline. I'm not I'm not the same person I was when I was 12 or 13, but I it, it it's still an incredible game. Um, is it is it the best Final Fantasy? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's still a very good game. I think a lot of people would agree with that assessment. And I think that that's probably, I mean, it's funny to say, you know, uh, you went along with conventional wisdom as a kid. I think now conventional wisdom would also agree with you. So we can say that, um, well, you tried, but you, you didn't quite fall out of line with the, with the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious yeah. now, kind of one of the last questions here, when you look at the final, have you, have you seen the, the remake that is coming to PlayStation four? That is supposedly going to be cut into, you know, multiple different parts. Each one, its own RPG length piece of Final Fantasy VII story. I I have seen the footage. I was lucky to be off work for two days in a row, the first two days of uh, E3. So I was immersing myself in uh, different YouTube content and (laughs) all that stuff. What do you feel when you look at that? Like, does that does that appeal to you at all? Or is it, do you want that or do you not want that? I guess is the simplest way to ask the question. I, I don't want it, but it's a very managed, it's a, it's a very measured don't want it. Um, it's not a don't want it. And I'm going to rabble, rabble, rabble on the internet saying it should never be made and blah, 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 blah. There are undeniably an audience out there for it that I think will appreciate it greatly. For me, I, I don't want it. It it just, I, I I don't need it, I think. And I'm content to just kind of stick with my switch and not buy 
the PS4 just for this game and, you know, drag that out. I, I, I'm content to just like let it be in its universe and I'll stay with the, the OG in, uh, in mine. I, I entirely agree. I think it looks nice. I actually, you know, I have a PlayStation 4, but um, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to let uh, my younger brother, who's a much bigger Final Fantasy VII fan than myself, and is utterly excited for it. Uh, I'll, I think I'll I'll let him I'll handle that one. Having you on the show, I have one maybe not <laughs> not at all related question, okay. um, but I'm kind of curious, Dan. What what are you listening to lately? What am I listening to? Oh man. Um... So my, my listening has kind of fallen into three camps so far this year. Um, it's been the metal camp, the synthwave camp, and... And then band camp. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the, uh, no, no, seriously. Um, but the, the sort of the everything else camp. Um, everything else being anything from like indie rock to hip hop to whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Metal-wise... Um, I don't know if, I, I, I don't know if it's just been a down year or if my, my saturation point with metal has been reached and I'm like, just trying to like dial it back a bit with how much I listen to, but, um, there hasn't been as much this year for me as in years past. Um, now July is shaping up to be an incredible month. We had like a Bath, Immortal Bird, Yellow Eyes, like all this different stuff coming out, like just in the last week or two, um, all of which is pretty good. But um, I just generally I've been, you know, Dark Throne came out recently, too. That was that was tremendous. But I've kind of been more focusing on the other stuff, especially since like on the Synthwave side, um, we actually we've been building out a Synthwave column on Nine Circles and Oh, really? That's kind of been my baby. And so like, I'm trying to stay as up on that scene as, as I can. Um, so yeah, a lot of synthwave FM attack, power glove, um, just sort of all over the place. There was a great one that, that came out a double album by, uh, this guy ultra boss, uh, which is kind of fitting since we're talking about games, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. It's this Austrian, Austrian dude named, uh, named ultra boss. And he just put out this, this big, like just amazing pop double album, like retro pop with crazy guitar solos and everything. It was just like, it was fantastic. Like that, that kind of stuff is, is been my jam of late. Awesome. Is there anything I, so I have to, you reminded me now I, I need to go and listen to that new immortal bird. Um, it's, I have such a long, long list of of metal backlog uh, well, it's hard to kind of like you it's hard to stay up on it yeah. all <laughs> it, it really is and i don't i don't know what it is about metal as a genre specifically but there is just a is an endless clip of new releases and 90 percent of them are pretty good you know or at least worth like a couple tracks of a listen through so um i don't know i kind of hear I hear a lot of myself and what you're saying through this whole conversation, but with the metal specifically, you know, I don't know if it was the oversaturation or what, but like this year, uh, just like you have not really had a lot. Um, but if you had one pick out there for, for people, was there anything like that's like your, your album of the year right now? My album of the year. Oh man. Um, I gotta think about it. Honestly, I think it's, I don't know if this is the best way to define it, 
but the album I've gotten the the most mileage out of. Um, the 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 one I've been listening to the most. It's neither metal nor synthwave. Uh, it's um, a band called X Hex, um, and their album It's Real. Um, it's this very um, sort of retro kind of almost AOR type type uh, rock, and uh, okay. it's it's just super catchy. Um, just very um, just memorable hooks, memorable songwriting throughout, and it's just like it's ten songs. It's a half an hour, and I just breeze right through it and want to listen to it again. That's probably the album I've listened to the most this year. And if if that's how we're, uh, I'll I'll define that as my my favorite so far. Why not? Sure. How about yeah. you? And and okay. Uh, oh gosh, that's man. I um, I mean, the album that I've listened to the the most in the last like two or three weeks is the new He Is Legend. Okay. I guess. Um, uh, you know, and I, I I can't say that that's like the best album I've heard all year, but it's certainly what I've been listening to. Um, I that's a really good question. Yeah. You really just put me on this much. I'm sorry. Have I have to like double check? I have, but I have to like double check and be like, okay, what what am I listening to that came out this year? Because uh, you know, I don't really have a, a release spreadsheet like I like I once did uh, for, for years in my life. But um, what? I'll. I'll I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff too. Actually, um, I mean, the number twelve looks like you was a really important band when I was. Uh, I think we talked about it on FLA. Uh-huh. It was a really important band for me when I was growing up, and they just got back together. Oh, nice! Um, I, did, I didn't hear about and that. They're releasing their first. Yeah, they're releasing their first album in about ten years. I saw them live again uh, just around last year. It was really good, and they remembered me. I that was in incredible like me and my buddy were like they're like oh yeah you we drew numbers on your face and and we were like yep yeah you did that's crazy oh man that how do you how do you remember that like that was that's so wild um so they could yeah i'm kind of like i'm just kind of itching i check instagram like every day because they're um so their um their vocalist is also he he like films movies he's a photographer he was involved in um alexandria ocasio-cortez's campaign he did like all her campaign photographers so he's a very like prolific guy very interesting guy but in between all of his like look at all this cool stuff i'm doing he like put like a little snippet of like oh yep here's a little like two second teaser for a music video we're working on and so yeah that's kind of where i am with with music Uh, we'll check in in yeah, we'll check in in like six months, and I'll let you know what how the cards fell on that. Yeah, one. But, I mean, it's um, just it's there's there's so much out there, and I think my big thing is um, again tying back to benefits of not being on social media. I without being on social media, I don't have this steady stream of like, oh, if you're not listening to X band, what are you even doing with your like like your life, or like need to hear this album, metal album of the year. Blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm oh, going to, yeah. I'm going to find stuff on my own time. I'm going to live like my, my album, my music consumption has probably been like thirded over the past couple of years, just because I, it's too yeah. tough to keep up with. And I'd rather like put a lot of time into fewer albums than not all that much time into like eight bajillion, you know? Right. And, and, you know, do you still get a lot of time to, you know, if you want to listen, like, are you doing a lot of that <clears throat> uh, stuff for nine circles still, or is it kind of, you know, just what you want to do? 
I mean, I assume with the, with the, the nursing job, it's probably a lot harder to, to get in those reviews. Um, at times I, I really, I, my writing, uh, is really focused on the synth wave at this point. Um, but I'll hop on, yeah. we do, um, we do like a, an album of the month podcast now, and that's one album cool. that like, we kind of, we have a different person pick each month and we all kind of just kind of just hop on and round table and, um, talk about what we like, talk about what we didn't like. So that's, I mean, that's in that sense, I stay up on it, but, um, but yeah, I mean that, that my, my responsibilities for, for nine circles have, uh, reduced a little bit. <laughs> well, and understandably so. And with good reason, you know, it's not a, it's, it, it's definitely, I mean, uh, my younger brother is currently in nursing school oh, and, uh, you know, yeah. And he's, he's, he's really enjoying it, but he's working really hard. So, you know, seeing, seeing what the amount of work that goes into that, you know, it's, 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 it's impressive. I'll tell you the thing that's the thing that really does it for me anymore. A band, a band has to have songs that grab me. Um, sure. you know, there are, there are so many different black metal bands out there that do these like 20 minute, just voyages of just company. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, good for you guys. I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to remember this. Um, yeah. I, not to, not to disparage an entire like subgenre or anything. I, I, they're going to do their thing in all the respect in the world, but I need, I need memorable songs. Um, I think that XX I mean, album is my album of the year so far. It's just memorable songwriting. Can you, okay. So you can, Spell that for me real quick. X hex. It's two words. E X. Okay. 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 Gotcha. I was, for some reason I was spelling it in my head with a lot of C's and K's (laughs) and I don't know why. Not to be be confused. There's also an English dream pop band called the XX. Not them. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's, that's where you are with, with, metal maybe maybe real quickly what is what is on the horizon for dan kaplan's nintendo switch i assume pokemon yeah yeah although you know i i i'm going i'm trying to measure my expectations with that because uh, sure the footage visually so far looks amazing but the battle systems and the gimmicks they're bringing in like this dynamaxing thing not sure i'm here for um I will play it. I will. I will buy it, no matter what, because it's Pokemon, and I, I've invested too much at this point to to not give it a shot. Um, but trying to just just go in on you know like a level plane, just just kind of keep myself muted for that one. Um, honestly, coming up the end of the summer, I'm really pumped for Astral Chain. Um, yeah, that looks. Yeah, cool. it looks like, awesome. Graphically, like conceptually, I just I'm super super intrigued by it. Um, I what else? What else is on my list? Oh man, I, you know, obviously, like the the Final Fantasy VIII news was big. That'll be that'll be an instant purchase. Um, yeah, I I just I I've been lately. I've been playing a lot of Smash because. Oh, my cool. girlfriend and all of our friends are really into smash and Mario Kart and stuff like that. Like that's another advantage of having the switch is like it caters to like couch co-op and party co-op and stuff like that. And I'm just, we've, we've really been enjoying that. So if there's any, if there are any games of that ilk coming out, I'll probably be checking them out. 
Nice. Well, and that's cool that, that you can share that with, with your girlfriend. That's, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, that's something that <clears throat> I don't know specifically with Nintendo games and Nintendo systems. It's so easy to just like, even if someone isn't into games, it's so easy. Like, uh, you know, my girlfriend's not the biggest gamer, but she'll play some Mario Kart, man. Yeah. She will definitely play some. Mario oh man. Um, so, uh, you know, dude, this has been really fun. I'm really glad that we got a chat, chat about, you know, a really good game, Final Fantasy seven, and just about gaming in general. Um, as we wrap up here, you're not on social media, but uh, you're you're out there a little bit. Where can people find you? Um, if you head on over to, I think uh, probably the best place to find me would be through my work at Nine Circles. Uh, that URL is www.ninecircles.co. Um, I have, like I said, we do the retrocution uh, column, my synthwave column. Um, try and do it weekly, but it's more like intermittently. Um, then uh, yeah, that, that that you can follow my follow my stuff there. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, I'm more or less off the grid. <laughs> so, I you know what, man, uh, it, that is there's one thing about my. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story maybe after after we wrap up. But that is one thing about my <laughs> my job that I, I just wish I didn't have to be on Twitter as much as I yeah. Am. But, you know, it, it comes with the territory. But that's Chasing okay. leads and promoting your work. I mean, I get it. Like, it, for, for the line of work you're in, like, it's essential. It's And frankly, I should probably be doing it more. But I, uh, like you, you know, there's only so much I can take of that stuff. But it's yeah. okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, Nine Circles, uh, catch you once in a while, it sounds like, on the uh, the album of the album of the month. Yep, so album, album of the month podcast. And the, the podcast feed is available on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, you name it. It's, it's wherever, wherever you get your, your, your whole content. Awesome. Dan, thanks so much for being on Dude, here. Man. Thank you for reaching out. This was a blast. Um, I'm, I super enjoyed being on the show. And anytime, uh, anytime you want to chat, I, 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 now that I'm out of nursing school, I can stay in better touch. So... <laughs> Awesome. Let's let's keep in touch, bud. I really. Yeah, man, let's do it. Thanks again to Dan for being on the show this week. Be sure to follow his work over at ninecircles.co. As he said in the show, he doesn't have Twitter. So otherwise I'd be plugging his Twitter handle as well. But you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan underscore LH. There's links to all the other projects I do. Uh, I do some art, a lot of writing at places like IGN, EGN, Lifehacker, Digital Trends. You can follow the entire PNB network at PNB Show. And as I said in the intro, be sure to like, subscribe to the show, head over to patreon.com slash pnb to check out the premium episode uh this week's episode with dan in that we talk a little bit more about the music that he's listening to lately the games he's planning on playing next and just personal anecdotes about final fantasy jrpgs in general playing the switch and uh yeah well taking us out this week uh, in honor of dan and all things heavy metal uh, it is the band Night of the Round and their uh, heavy metal version of the Final Fantasy VII battle theme. The song is called White Magic is for Sissies. So enjoy that and yeah, catch you next time. (laughs) 